following sermon was delivered at the 1030 worship service at the United Methodist Church of Kent. Please enjoy. On this first Sunday of November, we gather as church to celebrate the Festival of All Saints. We just heard two of the readings assigned to this day. I want to offer briefly a third. It's just two verses from what we call the letter of 1 John. See what love our Creator has given us, that we should be called God's children, and that's what we are. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When God is revealed, we will be like God, for we will see God as God is. Beloved, we are God's children now. I really want to be sure that we hear that this day. Now, at this moment, as we are, that is who we are. We are God's children. We are loved. We are God's beloved children now. I know that that can sound trite, a little simplistic, perhaps all the more so the more times that I say it. But friends, that isn't going to stop me from saying it. Because we need to hear it. We need to hear it and we need to receive it and we need to embody it all the way down to our core. As we are, we are God's children and we are loved. As you are, you are loved. You are God's child as you are. Even with all the places that you might be feeling broken today, even with all the rules that you might have broken over the course of your life, you are loved as you are you are god's beloved child see what love our creator has given us that we should be called god's children you don't have to change to earn or deserve god's love you are loved now as you are what we will be has not yet been revealed but what we are already is revealed already we are god's beloved children so see it See what love the womb of life has given us that we should be called her children. See what love the source of all creation has given us that we should be called his children. See what love the very breath of our bodies has given us that we should be called their children. See what love so that we might love ourselves and love each other and love all that God has made partnering with God in the loving care of this supremely good world. See what love our Creator has given us. Perceive, notice, awaken to that love for you and in you and all around you. Sometimes I know it is hard to perceive love in this world. It is hard to perceive love in ourselves or in other folks, especially those whom we have been taught and told that we ought to fear or hate or destroy, especially those whose words or ways seem to us not lovely, not loving, not lovable. And yet these verses from 1 John begin not with a suggestion, but with this imperative. Some translators even add an exclamation point to drive that point home. See, we are told. That is, look, search, seek the love that is in the world and in ourselves and in everyone else. Seek it with hope, search for it in faith. It isn't always going to be obvious or easy to find, but that doesn't mean that it isn't there. 
So search for love's imprint and impact on and in this world, even and especially when there is no clear evidence of it, when we're losing hope, when we're exhausted, when we're struggling to hold on to faith, all the more so then, all the more so in those moments, in those places, in those persons who cause us to be afraid or angry, when we're so filled with doubt or loss, anxiety, anger, fear, that we can hardly even breathe in those moments, in those places, see what love our Creator has given us. Seek that love and awaken to that love. Open your eyes and your heart and your hands one more time. God's love is there wherever there might be, in you, in me, in this world. This broken, this crucified, this crucifying world, as the world is, as we are, notice God's love present and active in this too often unloving and unforgiving world. The world around us in so many different ways and using so many different voices spends an awful lot of time and energy and effort trying to convince us otherwise that we are unloved, that we are unworthy of being loved. It's been true at least as far back apparently as today's gospel lesson, the Beatitudes, Jesus' words of blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus says. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Notice what Jesus is doing here. He is naming as blessed specifically the ones, especially who have been told that their lives don't matter that they are unloved, that they are unlovable. And yet Jesus has a very different word for them, a very different word for us, blessed. Blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who are persecuted and reviled, not unloved, but blessed. Not unworthy of love, but beloved. Not alone or forgotten, but belonging in a big, beautiful family because we are, as we are now, God's children. Even when we do not or cannot love ourselves. Even when folks around us do not or will not love us. We don't have to change who we are. We don't have to hide some part of ourselves away. As we are, entirely as we are, we are God's children now. Perhaps some of us have had to work hard to accept that, that we are loved. Perhaps some of us are still doing that work. Others of us perhaps have yet to begin. Perhaps some of us wrestle with the belovedness of others around us. For example, those who don't love everyone whom God loves. That we are God's beloved children now also means that they are too. God's love for unloving people can be a real challenge for us sometimes. Loving folks who hate, loving them as God's children, even while actively resisting the violence, the injustice that they perpetuate. These two little verses from 1 John really are quite a vision. Radically, radically egalitarian. If we are all God's children now as we are, each of us, every one of us, beloved and blessed as we are, then how can any of our hatreds and hierarchy stand? Consider, too, the vision we heard from the Revelation this morning. A great crowd that no one could number from every, not some, every nation, every tribe, every people, every language. 
And then toward the end of this section, the vision focuses in specifically on those who've overcome hardship. God's promise of love is spoken especially, not only, but especially for them. They won't hunger or thirst anymore. No sun or scorching heat will be down on them because the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them, will lead them to the springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. This revelation and the Gospel of Matthew and the letter of 1 John, each of them was written both to and out of communities who were living in the shadow of empire. They needed this affirmation of their place in God's heart in a world that judged them to be heretical to Judaism and treasonous to Rome. They needed to hear. They needed especially to know, to feel, to trust that their lives mattered to God. And they need to hear it still today. All those who are living now with their backs against the wall, all of those in our communities, in our families, who have run out of hope, who've been told through policies or through preaching that their lives do not matter and that they need to earn love, whether God's or other people's. They need to hear this other message from us through our words and actions and solidarity. They need to hear from us that they too are God's beloved children now, entirely and exactly as they are. On this day when we gather to celebrate all the saints, at some point along the way we might wonder or ask, just who are the saints or what makes a saint a saint? The saints, I would suggest, for what that's worth, are the beloved children of God. The saints are the living and the dead. The saints are the revered and the forgotten. The saints are all God's holy people, not holy through their own work or effort, but sanctified through God's power and love. Perhaps especially we might think of and celebrate all those who've helped us and helped others to know who they are, that we are God's children, that we are loved. Who are those folks in your life who showed you that? Who are the folks in your own life who taught you or who demonstrated for you God's unconditional love? Who helped you and who's helping you now to see what love our Creator has given us that we should be called God's children? Maybe it's someone whose name we read earlier today, a spouse, a parent, a sibling, a friend, someone who died during this past year. Think of those folks today and think of others too. Folks whose extraordinary and ordinary holiness touches your life and nurtures your love and helps you to know you are loved. Prayer partners, conversation partners who hear your questions and support you through your doubts. Sunday school teachers and youth group leaders, cooks and dishwashers whose very presence embodies Christ's love. Musicians and writers and artists and thinkers whose words and images echo through the years. Some of the saints have names that we know. Their smiles, their eyes, their voices stay with us because their lives continue to shape us. Even long after they die, they're still with us, and we're with them too. Other saints we haven't known personally, but their lives still shape ours. We walk in their footsteps. Who have been saints in your life? Who are those holy ones who reminded you of your holiness, who insisted on your belovedness, 
when you weren't so sure. Today we remember and give thanks for them, the living and the dead, the revered and the forgotten, God's beloved children on both sides of the grave. We remember and we give thanks for their legacy, and we celebrate that we're all connected, that none of us ever is alone. Through God's grace, we are part of a blessed communion, a great cloud of witnesses, an interconnected family of God. For beloved, we are God's children now. Not only us, but this whole vast and diverse family transcending space and time and death. We are loved. We are blessed. We're God's children. That is who we are. We are the saints of God whom others will call call holy as we remind them through our words, our actions, our solidarity, that they are holy, that they are beloved too. All in the name of God who loves us into life and who loves us through death back into life together again. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the United Methodist Church of Kent Sermon Podcast. For more information about the church, visit www.kent.com.